For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Diana Liverman, Regents Professor of Geography and Development and one of the founding directors of the University's Institute of the Environment. Diana has broad interests in the social causes and social impacts of climate change. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. Nice to be here. So for years, you've been studying the human dimensions of global environmental change. And I'm interested in a field that's relied mostly on the natural sciences, at least as far as the general public knows. What's been your special contribution using the tools of social science? Well, my main contribution has been in the area of vulnerability to environmental change and particularly climate change and natural disasters. And the reason social science is important there is that you can have a hurricane, you can have a drought, but its impacts actually depend on the characteristics of society. So if a farmer has irrigation and has insurance, they can cope much better than if they don't. And so I have focused on describing the social characteristics that make some people in some places more vulnerable to climate change than others. And in particular, you found that there's a particularly strong negative effect on women and children and those living in poverty. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's right. And that's partly because they're generally disadvantaged in society, but also specifically when it comes to the environment, women can be particularly affected because they're the ones that collect water, they're the ones that cook the food, they're the ones that are in the houses when the disaster hits. So there are both specific and general characteristics that make women, children, the elderly, often indigenous peoples, more vulnerable to climate variation and change. And is that being taken into account when people think about ways not only to affect the rate of climate change itself, but also how to deal with the impacts of climate change? It is increasingly taken into account, but not by everybody. So the major humanitarian organizations like Oxfam, for example, are paying a lot of attention to the vulnerability of women and indigenous people. But a lot of times when one is writing reports, it's as if everybody's going to be equally affected. So it's very important not just to assert that the poor are more vulnerable, but to actually document it scientifically. So you're an author on a paper that's making big noise right now. It was published in a highly prestigious journal, and it's getting a huge amount of attention. Could you tell us about the main message of this new report? Uh, well, the uh, paper's called Trajectories of the Earth in the Anthropocene, but everybody's calling it the Hot House Earth paper. And that's because we look at the domino effect of feedbacks in the Earth system kicking in. So as it warms, if the methane's released in the Arctic, then that adds to further warming. And so we have this sort of rather apocalyptic scenario of what could happen if we don't control greenhouse gases. But what the media's been missing is the more optimistic scenario of where we get to a stable earth by reducing emissions and also caring for the biosphere. So that's what has been carried in the news, this this threshold that we may have already gone beyond. And you, you seem to be making the point that we haven't, that there's still things that we could do 
to come back from the precipice. Is that really your view? Yes. The paper argues we've got a couple of decades where we can still make the choice. And in fact, I'm also the author of the IPCC report released in October, which talks about how to keep global warming under 1.5 degrees. And that's the attempt to prevent us getting into this sort of runaway greenhouse type of situation. And in that report, we point out a lot of things that can be done to keep warming at an acceptable level, if you like. And what are some of those things? Well, we need to cut emissions dramatically. We need to increase the proportion of renewables in the global electricity portfolio dramatically. We need to protect the forests and plant more forests. And then perhaps the most controversial are the questions about what we could do with technology, either to take greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere or geoengineering to actually cool the planet through putting particles into space, for example. And you can bring a social science perspective to that, how to bring human behavior into line with with those possible direction. Yes, so we work both on how individual behavior can uh, help reduce emissions, but also the questions of governance, how do cities, states and countries pass policies that can incentivize the behavior to bring down greenhouse gas emissions. Thank you very much, Diana. You're very welcome. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.